Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 839, brought to you by iFanboy listeners exactly like you. Yeah, you there with the ears. Hey, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 839. I am Josh Flanagan. Wait for it. That's right. Unlike usually when I have a co-host, normally my uh, my good friend, my fellow Jamoke, Connor Kilpatrick, I am on my own today. I do a live show every once... I mean, I'm sorry. I do a solo show every once in a while, probably like every couple of years. I don't know. But here we are. He He's... He, Connor... It's a long story, but basically, I'm on my own here, and no one else could do it with me. No, I like doing it like this. I fanboy, normally, at least two people on the show, but this week's a little different. Just me. Uh, it is a uh, place where... I don't know if it's a place. I fanboy's a thing. It is an entity. It is a, a thing that is stuck on my soul. It, it, every week, uh, we pick a book of the weekly comic books that came out. We pick the one that we like the best. From all the comics, and I call that the pick of the week. I'm going to talk about that book. I'm going to talk about other books from the week. They all tend to be books that I want to talk about. So if you like books that Connor likes to talk about, then you should check those out another time because that'll happen. Uh, there's a patron pick. I'm doing that. I'm going to do uh, listener mail. I'm going to do patron powers. All of it's normal, except it's just me. There will be spoilers. I may be spoiling the whole show. Uh, exercise your caution. This week, you guessed it. You did the math. I had the pick. And I guess in honor to Connor, uh, Batman The Night number 7 is the pick of the week. It is my pick of the week. This is the sort of ongoing... I think it's a mini. Uh, yes, yes. The ongoing story that Chip Zdarsky and um, oh, Carmine DiGiomenico... Carmine Giandomenico are telling 10 issues... Uh, about Bruce Wayne's rise from being a, a young boy with a lot of anger to training himself to be the very best at all of the things that he can do. And um, this issue, we find him with John Zatara. John Zatara. I think it's John. Am I wrong? Uh, anyway, he is the father of Zatanna. Zatanna Zatara. That's her full name. Because they're like... <laughs> Blackagar Boltagon, that's not good enough. You're Zatanna Zatara. Also, apparently, uh, his wife and uh, Zatanna's mom was called Cindella. So they got they got those names. So anyway, this one is about magic. And normally, if I'm talking about comic books, you know, hey Josh, you're not you're not the biggest fan of the magic stories or the this this thing mixed with that thing. Um, but it really the the book was totally um basically normal there were no superhumans that i can remember in it so far it was all quote-unquote street level stuff and then this issue he's bruce wayne is con confronted with magic and normally that would be you know kind of dumb but really in this sense he's going to live in the dc universe it's going to be all of this stuff that's going to happen and i i think uh i think it was done really well because it, like batman 
he's not Batman yet. He's Bruce Wayne. He just didn't believe it when they were talking about magic. He thought he was learning, you know, tricks and sleight of hand and illusions and ways to fool people and things like that. And then he finds out because a demon shows up that there's real magic. And he re- there's a great couple of panels where he's just, magic is real? And then he's convinced that, well, if this is a thing that I'm going to have to be up against, I'm going to have to learn it. And if there's anything I had to criticize about this whole thing is that basically this is following the same magic has a cost thing that has been going over uh, in Doctor Strange and Marvel magic for a while. Like, like it's exactly the same way that they described it. And I just thought that's not that's that shouldn't be the same at both publishers. But they did do a nice job of, you know, basically is Zatanna telling him, like, you can't do this. Like and there's all sorts of really cool stuff about why. And I thought it made a lot of sense and it's really well written. Uh, but. I also just liked that he was confronted with it and you had to see a limitation of this character. Um, it kind of wasn't a terribly difficult pick to make um, just because I've really enjoyed this series and, and there's a lot of Batman around. And when I sort of look back, I was like, well, what did I enjoy? And I really enjoyed this issue and it and it surprised me because, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, I guess I just get excited for Jim Sadarsky on stuff even though I don't think I'm reading his regular Batman book. I lost track of it. What a jerk. Um, Carmine, why can't I do this? I can do this. If this microphone is off, I can do it. But I will say Carmine DiGendomenico. 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 I can do this. I won't be able to the next time it comes around. Uh, with color by Ar- Ivan Placentia. You know, it's uh, it's that kind of art I really like. He's he's sort of in the um, Giuseppe Comicoli school. I feel like maybe... He followed up Giuseppe on Hellblazer, um, and as such, this has a very, you know, late era uh, Vertigo Hellblazer kind of look to it. And I'm I'm 100 all about it. I think it looks fantastic. It helps root us in the ground, but it's really great acting and storytelling with just just enough look to it. Like, oh, this doesn't look like the regular run of the mill Batman book. There's no Jim Lee going on here, as far as I can tell. Um, I'm not saying that as a criticism. Actually, you know what? When uh, Zatara, see, here's the, one of the spoilers. Zatara uh, shows up, uh, and he's he's like, oh, "I'm gonna do magic again," and he's got the sigils and stuff around his hand. It looks exactly like what they do for Doctor Strange. In fact, if I look at him, he looks exactly like Doctor Strange. He's got a mustache. He's got gray temples. But I didn't. He didn't. You know, he doesn't seem like the same character. He's not. <laughs> he really does look like Doctor Strange. <laughs> I mean, maybe he always did. But uh, and he's doing the he's doing the magic and it kind of looks just like that too and whatever you know what are you gonna do it's <laughs> it's it's incredibly similar I guess but uh, but it's a really good story and uh, and I like you know Batman and Zatanna always make a really interesting and fun couple I think Connor always says that too he's like that's kind of his favorite of the of the many bat uh, female partner lover things uh, and I like it too because they're so opposite in a way, I mean, so are him and Catwoman, but they're opposite and they're the same. It's just that the way that the two people, Zatanna and Batman, see the world is so different that I think it's kind of cool uh, that, you know, the opposites attract kind of thing, I guess. But uh, that that should always be a thing that you kind of go, oh, that'd be nice, but then it never actually happens. I think that's important. And in this story, they have been friends since they were children. Like, like, like and uh, Zatara knew the Waynes and the whole thing. There's a whole really nice bit about that at the end. There's your pick of the week. Uh, I I dug it. Uh, I liked other books this week a lot, uh, but but that's the one I went with, and so there we have it. Three more issues of this to go. Next up, and for a second, for a second, I said, "Is this a pick of the week?" And 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 you're going to be surprised if you haven't looked at the list. But uh, DC versus Vampires All Out War number one. I know I wouldn't have thought so either, but. I checked it out because Matthew Rosenberg's name is on it, and also I did the same thing a week or two ago where I read one of the DC versus Vampires uh, specials. I can't remember what it was, but Harley Quinn was in it. Shock, and it was really good. <laughs> it was like I have not been reading that series, uh, the event or whatever, but I was immediately up to speed with what was going on, and it's not all that different than um what tom taylor did with deceased instead of zombies as vampires and all the good guys are taken over and it catches and all that stuff and blah 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 but the book that i read last time was pretty fantastic uh and then i decided to read this one too this is co-written by alex packnadel um with matthew rosenberg and i'm not sure who had the final pass at the dialogue but it's, it's really well written all of rosenberg's stuff 
is always really well written. Um, and I feel like he came up through the system where he was paired with someone early on. Um, you know, a, a new guy, like when he was a new guy, he was paired with somebody else and they did books together. Might have been The Spiral, might have been the Grayson book with Tom King, but I honestly don't remember. And I got to keep talking because there's no one else here to fill the silence. So you want to know how weird that is? Look. See, you thought something was wrong for a second and it made me really uncomfortable. So that's why I have to keep talking and drinking water. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought that it's not a terribly unique concept at all uh but you know in comics there's not a lot of unique concepts left so it really comes down to execution and and i'm sorry alex pacnadel but i have to credit matthew rosenberg on being a person who can kind of do whatever stories and and he can take any lame concept and he can make it really good he just has a groundedness and and uh it's not like his dialogue and stuff is super realistic. It's just the perfect sort of melodramatic tone in a lot of these. And it's clever. And I don't know if I'm just projecting this onto it, but I find that every time I read one of Rosenberg's stories, I'm kind of impressed that he's staying within the lines of the genre so much, but he's just doing it really elegantly and well. Um, and, and this is kind of the same deal. So like, uh, the very brief summary is that vampires are all the all the dc heroes for the most part and probably the villains are are vampires and they've taken over the world and the leader of the vampires is dick grayson i know go with me and at the beginning you have a little little cadre a little team a little group of folk uh you got uh deadpool and um oh the bomb guy rampage uh and <laughs> the bomb guy uh and then finally blue devil and actually, like this, this, this first page just sets everything up right away. If you've never read this before, you could pick this right up. And they are taking a disgusting uh, corpse of Batman, which, if you remember, Matthew Rosenberg scripted one of my favorite pages ever, which, uh, or, or uh, characters was um, the the sent the sentry who had been uh, ripped in half in that Thunderbolts book uh, he did. Um, and so, and I bought a page from that. And here you have a, a desiccated Batman corpse, and they have found the last Lazarus pit to put him into because all the vampires have destroyed the other Lazarus pits for some reason, blah, blah, blah. Then there is a an ambush at this one uh, where Azriel uh, <laughs> shows up um, to take them down, and they find a cure for vampirism, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just really good. And the other thing that really stuck out about it is, is, is that it was all done in gray tones, um, outside of red, red had color. So if you were looking at, um, you know, you couldn't see anything on on uh, Blue Devil, but you could see the red on. Did I say Deadpool before? Deathstroke, Deathstroke the Terminator. Just in case, they have a shared lineage. What do you want? Uh, you know, you'd see his hat. One half of his head is red, and then uh, you know his gloves and boots and belts. Those are all red, but everything else is in you know black and white and, and tones. And uh, and and by the way. Nicola Raihi on tones with the art by Pasquale Qualano or Calano. Um, and it's kind of cool. There are some storytelling issues uh, from time to time, which are probably exacerbated, exacerbated by the lack of color. Um, but overall, you know, even if some of the things don't work really well, and I, I really appreciate the, the effort to sort of just make it graphically uh, interesting. Uh, compared to all the other books and you know people are less likely to want to buy a black and white book that's just that's just science so the fact that they did this in this sort of special um is really good like the setup is really good it's nothing in it is unfamiliar but like oh that's from the matrix that's from this but when you put it all together it's a fun time let us move along i move through these books a lot faster when it's just me which is probably not good from a sponsor standpoint of view should i slow should I introduce more filler? Should I play both parts? Maybe I should say what I would say, and then I will say what Connor would say. Let's try that on this next one and see how that goes. <clears throat> Alien Annual Number 1 by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca. The credits seem to indicate there will be an, a new artist uh, coming up. And Salvador La Roca has been on these all along. Salvador La Roca, an artist who I have not really liked forever. Um, 
not like you suck just it just wasn't my taste or whatever but man for some reason uh this one and then i think it was darth vader before this he's been great i have loved seeing salvador la roca on on darth vader and then this alien book this is an annual um and uh johnson has been kennedy johnson i don't know 1963 uh kennedy johnson has been telling this sort of rounded story where he seems like he's going to different places but this one he connects back with the old marine who had to his son got tricked into getting up on the like being a protester up on the alien ship and of course the alien got out and killed a bunch of people blah 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 and we didn't really know the story of that guy's dad he'd been involved with some bad stuff and this is the story about the bad stuff he was involved with that had to do with uh there's uh, basically like uh some sort of Again, a renegade group or, or militants or somebody who takes over one of the stations. And Wayland Yutani, who's the evil corporation, the best evil corporation maybe ever, um, that and by and large. Uh, Wayland Yutani decides, well, what we should do is let's finally use one of these organisms, the, the xenomorphs. And so they go to shoot that bad boy into the other station, uh, and everything goes wrong. Um for all sorts of reasons, because it's supposed to. But I don't know, man. These comics seem to capture what I like about Alien so much. Like, if I had to go back and, like, what's the backstory? It's like, well, tell me more about the horrible shit that Wayland Yutani has done with this character. Because the, the, what I like is in, in, in the movies, you know, the, the xenomorphs are the bad guys as well. They should be They're the scary monster. And, like, in the comics, they are, you know, this force of nature that people keep trying to control and can't. And it's a little more that they're about chaos. Um, instead of like them being the evil predator, and they're bad, like, but they're more like sharks. Like you, you can't blame sharks, and if you let sharks go in the public pool and it kills a bunch of people, well, the person who put the shark in there is the bad person, and in this, that's the corporation. It's Paul Reiser's people. <laughs> I wonder if he still works there. Did he get killed? I don't remember what happened at the end of Aliens, or was he in the third one? I don't know. I know these books better than I know the movies after the second one by this point. I really like all the Alien movies, by the way. I could watch. All the sort of initial ones. I only saw Prometheus once. I thought it looked really cool, but I don't remember anything else about it other than Connor hated it. Which brings me to <laughs> what Connor would say about this book, which is, I'm not reading it. And that that's the end of that. There's probably some arcane reason why he's actually he might be reading it. I don't think he is. I think he forgot. Next up, we are looking at Young Hellboy, number one, Assault on Castle Death. Wow, that was pretty good. I was impressed by that. So there has been a lot of Hellboy stuff coming out lately. Have 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 you noticed that? Is it just me? Have you noticed all the Hellboy stuff? And Mike Mignola is with it. You remember a couple of years like that's it, we're killing Hellboy, and they did. But it turns out that you can tell Hellboy stories from any time. You can kill him if you want to, but there's a, there's thousands of stories that you could stick in there. And what we have here is a story that takes place in 1947. Young Hellboy is very young indeed. He's not grown up. He has just moved from the the army base that he was on uh, to BPRD headquarters, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BPRD headquarters in Fairfield, Connecticut. It is June of 1947, and Hellboy's not happy. He's a he's a youngster. He has been moved uh, against his will to this new place. He's never lived anywhere else uh, than the base where he had been with Broom, and uh, he he's unhappy. But he also starts complaining. He doesn't feel well, and people sort of touch his head and he's a little warm and and they treat it relatively lightly except for the fact that like they don't know what he is so that you know like you'd tell a little kid oh you know to get some sleep you'll be fine they have no idea what's going to happen they don't even know if he has fevers they don't know what it is and at the same time you get this sort of long backstory of this uh group of uh priests or whatever who somebody foresaw the coming of the beast that is supposed to be hellboy and there's the crown floating on his head blah blah you've seen all that stuff in many forms um, and they had, you know, sort of planted these people who were to put into action should the beast ever show himself. And somebody finds out about it because within the BPRD, there's there's guys who are uh, moles. And, and you've got this guy who is just a regular guy in his apartment building that everybody seems to like. And he gets the call and then he has to go into kill Hellboy uh, <laughs> mode. And and you're like, oh, I mean, again, very, like it's like every Hellboy story is super basic um, and straightforward always kind of creepy uh but you get you know you, you get the hellboy experience that's what it is that's what you sign up for and then at the very end i'm not even gonna spoil this but there is another character a long-term um hellboy supporting character in bprd who shows up and i was genuinely surprised i went oh that's awesome um so if you're like a hellboy person 
or you know, you've been reading it, or maybe you're off and on. This one is awesome. You've got uh, obviously Mignola and Story and Thomas Snigoski, Snigoski, uh, co-writing it. I've seen that name. I don't remember where. Art by Craig Rousseau, uh, who is a, a wonderful cartoonist, and I'm pretty sure has done Hellboy in the past. Um, you know, it's got a kind of cartoony look, but that color again is always the thing. The color is by Chris O'Halloran, um, not Dave Stewart, but that seems to be the case more often than not. But Dave Stewart has left a lengthy template of work that people can draw on and how that red is supposed to look um, and how this other character's eyes glow. Um, it's really cool. I, I, re- I really enjoyed this issue. If I did not mention Maestro, colon, World War M number five, this is the last of the Maestro series, and it leads directly into Future Imperfect, which is a story that was published a really long time ago. And as the last page says, it should be continued in Future Imperfect, which is like a gag because that book came out forever ago. Um, and I think that it's definitely true that Connor and I are going to end up doing a book explode on that at some point soon because um, I have to read it, and I think it'll be awesome to read backwards. Um, you know, what can we say that I haven't said about it? It, it ended just as great as anything. Uh, you know, Maestro, you know, takes the throne. He wins. He beats Doom. He beats Namor. Uh, he beats the Human Torch. Uh, his, his mole is not discovered, however. So I'm, I'm guessing that will be in the next story. And there's, there's a plan that Rick Jones has and whatever, but it's just been super fun. And they managed to... They took Maestro at the beginning, who was like a like he was a complete monster, and then like by the end you're kind of like, well, heavy is the head that wears the crown. He does to do some terrible things, but there's worse. I don't know. I was just uh, I was hooked on every issue of this through all the miniseries they had. I think there's been three. Peter David just doing everything exactly the way that he should have. Uh, art was Sebastian Cabrol, um, which is kind of. You know, Herman Peralta had been the art on the other stuff and, and for a long time. So, you know, I get that things need to be published, but it would have been nice to see this guy finish up the thing he's working on. Uh, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> that's the deal. Uh, I recommend all of these. Uh, every one of them through this little thing has been super fun, super gosh, very Marvel old school, like the best of Peter David. He is doing he's doing a Joe Fixit series, uh, which could be a lot of fun, too. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Peter David is. Moving on, The Rocketeer, The Great Race, number four. Now, here's the thing. There are certain things from his childhood that Connor takes very sacrosanct. And he, 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 he thinks, well, this is objectively great, and I don't really know why you don't have an affection for it or whatever. And when I say you, I mean me. And The Rocketeer is one of those things. Him and our other iFanboy co-founder, uh, Ron, you know, like, they were big into the Rocketeer. I actually never saw it. So, you know, historically, I look back, and I can say that's really cool, and then I can know about the comics that Dave Stevens did, and I can say, wow, that's really cool, but I don't really have an affinity for it. So when a comic book comes out, if I'm going to read all four issues of it like I have here, it should be pretty good. And I have, I'm very happy to say that um, story and art by Stephen Mooney and color by Len O'Grady. Letters by Sean Lee. He's the one who might not be Irish, but he could be. Um, really fun. Really fun the whole way through. Very sort of lighthearted, but also with the giant... I mean, it's the, almost the <laughs> almost the plot from Planes. Not Planes Fire and Rescue, but the first Planes, um, which I've seen a lot. If you have children of a certain age, you will have too. And also, and this is important, don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> Dan Cook is not. You know what? That version of Dan Cook could play this Rocketeer. Uh, there's uh, a big race, and there's Nazis, and and there's a lady who could there's you know there's a lady who could be his new love interest, but she's actually an amazing uh, pilot lesbian who also has these other secrets that are awesome. And you know, it was all the pulp action goodness I could ever hope for. You know, at the end was well, this rocket's really messed up this time. We might have seen the last of the Rocketeer, and I was like, awesome. That's how you do it in true, true serial style, which is exactly what happened. Uh, I'm really glad I read all four of those. Um, and that's, you know, with Rocketeer, not with a Rocketeer love. This is not like, I love Transformers, so no matter what they do at Transformers, I get it, and it's good. That's not what's happening here. Let's move along to Silver Coin number 12. This is the horror anthology series that Michael Walsh has managed to pull in so many. Actually, there's 12, so I'm guessing 12 great uh, writers from comics in there, unless any of them have doubled up, which might be possible. 
this issue has also been regular as heck. It, like, it comes out like clockwork. And, uh, you know, Michael Walsh does all the art and letters on everything. Um, and uh, Tony Marie Griffin uh, assists on colors. And then this story is by Stephanie Phillips, um, who is, uh, you know, she's kind of all over the place. You can see her work everywhere. But the thing that she does that I love is history and historical fiction. Um, she's done, you know, that's the stuff of hers that really grabbed my attention a bunch of times. And so this is, you know, a story about World War II. I want to say it said it's 1940. Well, it'd have to be four. I wanna, it looks like it's in the Bastogne, basically. So, you know, as the, as, as the armies are uh, heading towards Berlin into uh, Germany, and, and uh, so there's a guy and he's afraid to shoot Nazis. And... You know, he's talking to his friends and his buddies, and, and he has a good shot at one point, but he can't get it, uh, and, and he's kind of upset about it. He goes on a walk, and all of a sudden, there's Nazis all around, and he's shooting them all and killing them. He's like, I did it, I did it, I did it, and he's holding the coin that has been through this the whole thing, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a thing about that. You can try to put it together. You could read it yourself, but it was super simple. I keep saying super. I hate talking like that. I'm sorry. It was really simple, and... It was, uh, you know, it was very not supernatural. It felt like a guy in, you know, the woods of Bastogne or whatever in Market Garden, you know, doing this thing, you know, beautifully drawn and colored, obviously, because Walsh is a master of comic book art. And, you know, there's the twist ending by the, you know, and and uh, I loved it. I, I This is great. I, I, you know, put put Stephanie Phillips on any historical comic book and i'm gonna be happy like let her do the world war ii comic book i bet it would be awesome and that is all of the books that i wanted to talk about myself if you have comments about those books i don't really know what to tell you about that you can just say it out loud to somebody i guess or you could put it on one of our patron chat areas i guess if you're a patron if you're not a patron well you're on your own here i don't know you could edit in your audio responses and then send them to me, but I will not listen to them. And that is that is key. I will not listen to them. Every week, the patrons, uh, we'll tell you more about that in a second, as if you don't know, the patrons vote on a book that they would like us, me, to talk about. And after they do, and the votes are counted up, we get a winner, and this week's winner is Dark Spaces colon Wildfire number one. This is Scott Snyder. Perhaps you've heard of him. Uh, his debut at IDW uh, under his uh, former uh, DC Vertigo editor, Mark Doyle. Um, I guess that's where he landed. There's only four places in comics you can land. So <laughs> this is how it goes. Um, I didn't know what this was going to be. Art by Hayden Sherman. Colors by Rhonda Pattinson. Scott Snyder is a horror guy. Or, or creepy or, uh, you know, like everything is the creeping dark, basically, in some version or another. Uh, of his work, and I like Scott Snyder's work a lot. I think he's very talented. Um, it is my least favorite genre, so I I tend to like stuff, but it's you know it's fine because it's not a thing I love. Like this has been an amazingly cooked trout. Well, I don't eat trout, so I can't appreciate it in the way that I should. Uh, outside of you know sort of the technique and the the objective stuff. So I was surprised when this story is in no way, as far as I can tell so far, supernatural or horror in any way, although there are clearly murders coming. There's deaths. I think they're murders. I don't know. But there are no monsters. There's no ghosts. There's no witches and trees. That was another book he did. What you have is a group of women uh, who are inmates. I think they're, they're penitentiary inmates, and they have volunteered to fight fires uh, in the West Coast. As you know, there are always fires now in the woods because we've destroyed the planet and everything's all dried up and it burns and we just are going to keep acting like nothing's wrong forever until everything's wrong. But lately, it does feel like a lot of things are wrong. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, there was a tornado near her recently, and I don't live in a place that gets tornadoes. Anyway, <laughs> that's an aside. I don't know, man. He did that show by himself and he got too political. That was terrible. Uh Anyway, so uh, and then so there's the women who are um, the inmates who have volunteered to do this this fight. They're on the line, this firefighting. They're on the line, and then there's the one woman, Ma, who is their uh, their CO, their correctional officer, who is in charge of them. But when they get out there, the whole thing is like we, you know, they 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 fight, they do the hard work, they they battle the fires, and what you did before there doesn't matter. It's only where you are right there on the line. 
and it's it's really it's pretty straightforward it's very dramatic it's not it's not funny it's not um there's no silly silly bits about it 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 and it becomes a heist book um the, one of the women in the group is a basically a, a white collar criminal and she had been screwed over by her boss and and ended up taking the rapper a bunch of stuff and and ended up on this uh this detail and she sees like hey my former boss's house is over there here's how we can get stuff out of it and and there and there there is the drama. Uh, I don't want to tell you any more than that because I do think it's worth reading. That's going to give you a little bit of a a preview of how I guess I'm going to end up rating this at the end. But it is a thing that if you didn't read, I I don't want to spoil it for you, and I think it's worth it. Um, it is not a spectacular book. It is not a blow my socks off. Wow, but it is a book that subverted my expectations. I didn't know what to expect, but I've read a lot of Scott Snyder over the years, and there's it's usually a certain thing, and this is a different thing. Um, I thought the art was good, fine, good. I didn't not like it. I, there's some really nice insert, uh, storytelling stuff when they are introducing the women, you get a shot of the, actually I'm liking it more and the more I look at it now. You get a shot of all the women and you, you, you they're just done in such a way that you can kind of tell them apart, even though they're in firefighter outfits they do stuff like give them different goggles or glasses or like one has a scarf or whatever it's sort of like minions they make them like minions so you can tell that the one with the one eye that's Stuart, and then the short bald one that's bob taller one that's kevin who i remember but i don't necessarily remember these characters names so what i'm saying is that minions is better than this no 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 uh some really good storytelling there's actually some pretty good coloring in here um it's pretty raw like i think that you wouldn't necessarily see this book that looks like this out of black label or um it looks like an image book it looks like a sort of uh, lesser known person doing an image book uh, and i like that that's kind of it's it's it makes it more exciting it makes it more uh unpredictable i suppose um yeah there is some really nice storytelling in here actually i think that maybe that the drawing is not as polished maybe as as some stuff should be and I, but I don't know that that's a bad thing it's not it's not the the pencil work isn't all that different from like a Daniel Warren Johnson or something like that's a very good praise that I just gave this book um and the colors are great so that leads me to a rating ratings I'm gonna give it a four good start unexpected well well produced uh I will read the next issue However, my little thing would be like, if I forgot to read the next issue and miss it, I don't know that I'd be crushed. But I, I don't remember anything anymore, so I don't know that it has anything to do with the book. It's a long issue. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Didn't expect to. Uh, and I was glad to see. I mean, Scott is a heck of a writer. He, he does a lot of things that aren't necessarily my favorite style, but I mean, he, he has it. He's thoughtful. He knows what's going on. And now he's over at IDW, it appears. The reason there was a patron pick is because there is such a thing as patreon.com slash ifanboy. Those people, any, any, any membership level, you get to vote on the patron pick every week and you can say, hey, you guys should read this book. And if enough of you uh, really, you know, gather together, then we might read something we wouldn't have read otherwise. We might read something we hate. That happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to do that, that's how you would support the show directly. You can unlock shows for everybody else. Uh, all the many of our... Um, secondary shows that come out are different kinds of episodes uh talk explodes book explodes media explodes etc the splode genre uh are unlocked because of patrons all of the um all of the uh, youtube videos that we did ever before there was youtube uh have been uploaded to youtube because of the patrons that's done they're all there our entire archive that is available is there i say that because i'm not sure if we're missing a couple here and there I'm, i it seems very likely that we would be uh but again that's the thing that connor would do and that's what you lose with him not being here and if you don't support ifanboy uh, through Patreon, maybe he doesn't stick around. I don't know. This is that's that'll put the shock into you, right? Uh, we are gonna we are gonna revamp um, the stretch goals and where we are. So it's hard to tell what will happen next or how we'll change it around. But uh, that's a thing we're sort of dealing with. I mean, if we tell you every week we're dealing with it, and we haven't dealt with it. That means that we're not dealing with it. But you know, it's there. I think we're gonna talk soon. <laughs> you can also go to ifanboy.threadless.com. There are twelve designs that you can get on t-shirts, sweatshirts tank tops probably underwear possibly socks definitely skateboards not all of them on skateboards but some of them shower curtains bath mat rugs uh potholders i'm guessing is a thing that that seems like a thing i bet there are masks available there's 12 designs i like them all i i pretty much like them all 
there are some of them I like a lot. No, I, I like the things that are there. I think uh, I'd stand behind any of those things, but I also think that they get better as we keep going. And the last handful of them have just been fantastic. Um, so go over to there. That's ifanboy.threadless.com. Then there's ifanboy.com slash support. Uh, there's a PayPal link there. You know how that works. You understand what I'm talking about here. You, you get me? You get me? Follow my drift? Then there is ifanboy.com slash Amazon. There will be links on ifanboy where appropriate to buy things that uh, are from Amazon. So like the pick of the week and the music that we put there is a general link that if you go and you shop for stuff, then it's an affiliate thing. You know, it works a little. You say you buy something, something they do a little bit me and it all works out that way. <laughs> you can find obviously the books, Blood books that we talk about are linked there. But there's also bookshop.org. Uh, we partnered with them to help out local bookstores and you will find any links that you can where appropriate to buy books. They 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 hook up the larger buying public with the more with the independent bookstores so that they can fulfill your needs for books and that is very important to us and should be to you. When you have become a patron at the $5 or higher level, you are entitled. You will receive a patron power which are one of the dumb superpowers that we give out to people who do that. And this week I've got I've got I'm going to do two. I'm going to do two. Because normally we do too, and I just decided to. Rafael Hernandez uh, has the power of hypnotic group DJ choices. Okay, that's a bad way of putting it. He can pick the best music possible to play for a group of people, whether it was a party or a funeral or whatever. He can pick the best music for that. But it isn't just that like those are good choices. The the people in the audience, people listening, will also no one will be unhappy with the music choice that Raphael has has chosen on. He it's a thing he can do. He can look at the room and go, I know exactly what's right for this. Which is no mean thing, because if you have some indie snobs on one side, then you got some of the kids who like terrible music. But he just he just nails it. He knows what to do. It doesn't it's it's He's taken over by a power, and uh, and it's healing is what it is. Uh, people really appreciate that. So he's like a jukebox, but if it was perfect or a, a DJ that wasn't terrible, which is a fantasy in itself. Oh, my God. Did I just say that about all DJs? Am I qualified to make that statement? I'm not. Joey Fry, on the other hand, has power wash eyes. <laughs> he can power wash anything from his eyes by looking at it. Um like one of those mesmerizing videos where they clean up like decks or pavement or something like that. And they clean it all off or clean my car or whatever. He's got power wash eyes. Uh, so Joey Fry, congratulations on your service job that I've given you. <laughs> or at least, you know, you're very good at keeping, keeping your house up, but if you have power wash eyes, people are going to want you to do it for them. And you could charge a premium, but you know, at the end of the day, you're still cleaning somebody's crap. We have an audience question now, and I keep saying we, but again, it's just me. I have an audience question for you, and uh, again, I might try to ran- answer this for Connor and myself a little bit, but the more I think about it, the more I don't really know how to answer his stuff. So Ryan from Madrid says, I've lately been borderline obsessed with structuring my reading and watching habits. While this question may vary drastically from the hosts due to children, me, and other responsibilities, probably me. Do you have any type of system for your media consumption habits, or do you just do what you want in the moment of free time? I've been thinking about this question for 2.5 years. Connor is generally, nope, Connor is objectively a more organized person than I am. But even he, who I don't think he does anymore, but he and Ron used to make spreadsheets when the new television seasons came out to figure out what they would be watching on each each time but i don't think connor does anymore but he does still like to hang on the broadcast model to a much larger extent than i think most people do at this point he watches things that are on on tv or he uh tivos them records them off live television which drives me insane because it's all available at any point on demand but that's how he rolls and i know one thing about my 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 brother my longtime partner connor is that you cannot uh, you you cannot shape which way he rolls. He will roll which way he rolls, and the more that you push against that rolling, he he will. It's it's foolish. He would think I would do things another way, and that's fine. But I do think that uh, from time to time, he and I are overwhelmed. I, I don't know who wouldn't be by the amount of choices that are available on any given day. Um, and for me, I I really what I like to do is I really like to get into a thing, and just have that be the thing that I do and watch or read 
for as long as possible because then I don't have to think about it because it really is like like going to watch TV now is like going into like one of those Greek diners that has nine pages on the menu and every possible food choice and you're like I don't I don't even I don't even know where to begin it and you'd see all of this stuff and you'd go well Christ I could have breakfast I could have a steak I could have you know cereal I like there's all of these things on there and what always ends up happening is that I go I'll just have a burger I can't I can't I, can't, I don't know what's going to happen with all this other stuff and it's overwhelming and so you know when I'm like I have time to watch something or put something on I really I tend to watch things I will watch things I've watched before. I think there are certain I've read, I've said this, you know, that that things that watch like novels, things that uh, um, you can really, you know, get into over and over and find new things. So, you know, like the shows that I've, I've you know, like The Wires and The Sopranos. I'm I'm watching through ER again, um, The West Wing. Those are some of all my favorite shows. And and um, but when I'm done with one of those, and this is sort of nice because I don't have to think about it. I just keep going. Uh, but when I'm done with those things and I like if I go to just turn on Netflix, there's so many things. And even if I choose something, a lot of times I won't stick with it because there's so many distractions unless it's like amazing. And that's happening, you know, sometimes. Uh, and then the other part of it is just like I and people have get, shown me apps for this and you can make lists. Or you can do whatever. But like there's things that you'll see and you're like, oh, I want to watch that. But unless it pops in front of me at exactly the right time when I'm able to check it out, then I will forget. I will forget everything that I, I kind of thought I wanted to watch. And then a lot of times I'll watch the things I kind of thought I wanted to watch. But so a good example of that would be Our Flag Means Death. This is the pirate show with Reese Darby and um, Taika Waititi is involved with it, I think. He is. He plays Blackbeard. And I saw that. I thought, oh, man, that looks awesome. And like I watched a little of it. And I was like, it's pretty good. I don't have the patience for it. Um, and it wasn't even as bad. It's just like the, the timing. There's so many things that the timing also kind of has to be right for me to be able to give the attention to a thing. Um, you know, other than that, I, <laughs> I'm going back to things. Um, I love to be hooked, though. That's the thing that keeps me going. Um, I, you know, I do it with audiobooks. That's why I kind of stopped listening to podcasts because audiobooks were so much more engaging. They made me want to keep coming back. And I love long-form storytelling. Um, that's also kind of what happens with books. Like, I love... I love reading. I mean, I was books everywhere, um, but it's hard to find time for it. So when a book really, 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 really grabs me and I want to keep reading it all the time, that is my favorite thing. It's, it's, it's just like getting addicted to a book where you have to turn the page and you have to know the thing. But the thing is, anything that isn't like that, I tend to leave behind and forget about, um, which, uh, you know, I, 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 you have to come to, the, uh, come to the conclusion and come to the acceptance of the fact like you, you're going to miss stuff. Like it used to be that there wasn't so much stuff and so you could see everything. Now you are absolutely going to miss stuff that you would like, is good, would love, is amazing. You're going to miss it. Like there's no way to do everything. And so know that when you tell somebody who hasn't seen, watched, read, heard, whatever it is that you think is the best thing, and they say, I haven't seen it, you are no longer allowed to go, oh man, it's the best. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Why haven't you seen it? Because <laughs> it's super annoying. Like nobody has the bandwidth anymore. It's over. It's, it just It can't be done. The, you know, the, the mid-2000s, you know, up to the 2010s, basically when streaming became like the only thing, that was over. There's just, just too many things. I, I just, I can't, there's no way to keep up. And so I'm very unorganized about it. Uh, I try to see things, but I know that I will definitely miss things uh, that, that, that I should see. But there's just, there's just too many. There's too many. I can't do it. I'll do one more because I do have time. Uh, Rashad Bell writes in and says, Marvel and DC are both filled with alien beings, alien tech, things of that matter since almost the beginning. When did actual first contact happen and did they ever do a story about the first time Earth made contact with aliens? Don't worry, in our world, the public official's first contact is probably months away. They're not going to announce that. <laughs> I think that's the closest thing I come to believing in a conspiracy. But then again, I don't think anybody can keep a secret, so I think we just don't know anything. Because that's what you need to know from me. All right, all right. So he asked the question, and I initially thought, I was like, I don't know. I, I can't tell. And so I looked it up because, you know, because I'm responsible. I want to work at this. And, like, so there's a list of, you can look on Wikipedia, there's a list of alien races in Marvel Comics, and there's just, like, hundreds of them. Like, there's so many. And I think that in that universe, you can't tie down, like, a moment because... Because it all sort of springs from there. Uh, you know, you could probably go to 
you know, like the Fantastic Four comes out, they come back, and that opens up the world to all these other things. It's probably happened somewhere in there. But since then, it's been all convoluted with, you know, all of this other stuff that's just, you know, all these galactic characters that have been going on forever, and they come to Earth and go away. And, you know, I would think that probably the Kree, the Krees and Skrulls, I think are going to be like the first significant aliens in that way. But honestly, I am not. I'm not schooled well enough on on sort of golden golden age Marvel to be able to tell you that, you know. But if you if you think back, like the ones that have stuck, you know, it's the Cree. It's it's. But I, I bet if you're listening here, um, you could probably tell me no, no, no. In Fantastic Four number four, it was this. Um, I'm sorry, it's not a good answer. But I mean, look, there's so many. Like the first I remember is like the Shi'ar and the X Men, and then there's the Badoon. Kotati, the Chitari, the 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 Phalanx, the Scrolls, the Symbiotes, the Watchers. Then there's secondary. There's there's a lot of these. I mean, there's a ton. It's kind of crazy. Um, and and somebody on Wikipedia obviously put them all down. In DC, I think it gets a little bit easier. I'm gonna call first contact in the DC universe uh, Superman. It's Kal El. Um, for all sorts of reasons, but I, th- I think everything sort of comes from there. I don't remember at what point like the world finds out that he's an alien because I've read so many versions of it, uh, and I definitely haven't read the 1938 version of it. Um, you know, but we we've read so many different versions of that. Superman comes to Earth, his origin, when people know about it. I I figure like Lex Luthor was the first one to figure it out, but I bet he knew about other stuff that was going on that he didn't. There's fifth dimensional imps. I don't know if those count as aliens because those are. Those are uh, different uh, dimensions. That's a whole other thing. There's so many. But also both of those universes are based so heavily on sort of a larger-than-Earth scope of all that stuff going on around there. So it existed, but, you know, when when did the Guardians, when did the Green Lanterns reach Earth? Was it, is it when, is it in uh, Showcase, ooh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the, the number of the issue, but the Showcase number 14 or 15, I want to say, where, where Hal Jordan first meets um uh the the guy who gives him his ring i used to know all this stuff abin sir um and you know is that is that part of it but i think superman was already around by then there's those guys with the face with the big mouth teeth face i think it starts with a d uh daxamites maybe something like that dominators that's what it is what are daxamites somebody knows what that means I don't have a good answer to this, but it is really interesting. It's a really interesting question. I'd love to see it on the, the patron Discord or anything. If anybody can figure that out, um, but you know, from storytelling standpoint, it's got to be like the start of those universes. So it's Superman, and then it's Fantastic Four. Um, so I'm going with that. That's that's from where it springs, and all of a sudden you pull back, and there's just like you know what what in, in this perfect world in this this fantasy world, there's just millions and millions of uh, cultures and civilizations and species out there. I mean, that probably oh i was just gonna tell you i think that probably exists it's just that it's so big that we would we have no idea that's what i think happens uh, and we maybe never will because it's just it's all too big thanks everyone for writing in you can send emails to contact at ifanboy.com and we will answer those you can also put media explode in those um subject lines so we can do it for our media explode show should you want to do that we have other shows uh that we do uh, there's the media explode, which we just did, which is the summer mailbag, which is what I was just saying that you could write in and ask questions about media explode. Uh, we, Connor and I did a show on Thor love and thunder, uh, by that self same Taika Waititi. Um, and that is available behind us later this week. You'll be able to listen to the, uh, rainbow roll talk explode that I did, uh, speaking with her and, uh, she did the she Hulk book that is out this week. Um, which I didn't talk about on the show, but she's going to get her due uh, in time. And uh, again, I always say this, but like I really enjoyed that show, and you should totally listen to it. That's uh, that's a thing that I do. It's a thing I'm good at. You can find everything that we have ever done at iFanboy.com at iFanboy.com. That's right. So there's archives of years of great comic book writing from our talented staff that was there. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes. Oh, also at the site, you know, there's all the other podcasts and links to all the things, uh, you know, the the video shows, all that stuff that we did is all to be found there. uh, And it is a great amount of work. You can go through and be like, oh, man, these shows weren't as good or these shows are as good now or then or these were better than they are now. Either way, you can do any of those things. You can find some way to criticize us based on what we have made available. 
So thank you for that. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by following iFanboy on Twitter or at iFanboyComics on Instagram. You can follow Connor and I individually at CS Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash iFanboy, uh, to watch the video shows that we uploaded there. We're done. There's no more coming up. So it's possible. It's I, you know, I wouldn't say it's an impossibility, but it's possible that at some point we will upload some sort of new video content. That's possible. It could happen. I'm not ruling it out, but it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Because uh, this TikTok world, I mean, am I made for this TikTok world? Well, the answer is yes, we were made for this TikTok world. We were just made for it 10 years too early. Oops. <laughs> if you like the show, uh, you can write us a review. You can leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, things like that. Better yet, tell your friends, your mom, your kid, your letter carrier. Don't tell your kid. I mean, depending on their age, you can, but at a certain point, probably not so much. Um, this is not This is not the normal uh, format. Normally, there's two of us. I'd say I do this every, once every two years or something like that while Connor is, is away. Uh, next week, there will be two of us back, uh, but it will be our, our pal, Ryan Haupt uh, will come back to join me on this until Connor is back the week after that. Uh, whatever it is, he deserves the um, the, uh, the the rest because he he earns it. He does a ton of work around here, and doing this without him is oh, it's just it's rough. And if I can, uh, on a personal note, um, I, because I've got you here on my own, right? I I I just want to say I appreciate all of you listening. I I. You make my life better by by you know listening to the show, by contributing to, uh, to Patreon or whatever it is that you're doing uh, to sort of let us know like hey I really appreciate what you're doing. It is it is there's a lot of not fun right now, uh, and and uh, <laughs> this is a little bit of fun. I I miss my partner. It's funny because I've wanted to do these solo shows before and I really had fun doing them, but like this week I was like oh man. I miss my people because being around those people, talking to Connor, talking to my other friends from the show, talking to Jim like I did last week, is as good as it gets for me. I love it. We talk about comic books. There's people who know what they're talking about when they talk about them. Uh, there's people listening, smart people commenting and downloading it, and it gives me great joy. It gives me uh, great pride uh, that that these are things that you guys uh, are involved with and that appreciate and do all that, and it's... Uh, you know, I, I just I appreciate everybody uh, who's out there listening to this, and enjoying it, and who sat through me talking about this, uh, this now for forty whatever minutes. Um, I think that's all that I've got for you. I hope there was something in there that you thought was a good time. There's a bunch of good comics. Uh, always, <laughs> some somebody was like, some people always say like, oh, you guys seem to not like comics anymore, and I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just not the thing that happens I love comics I love comics till I die I don't know how to stop doing this um, and that's all stay safe out there everybody we will talk to you next week uh, I appreciate it Thanks.